Welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I'm your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. I hope you guys all had a great Christmas. We are back with one more episode to close out 2019. And my guest this week is Brad Ellis. If you remember a few weeks ago, we had Jake Triplett on the show, who is one of the co-hosts of the Ghost Runners podcast. This week, we get the other half of that in Brad Ellis. And guys, you heard me say it a few weeks ago, but this is one of my favorite podcasts because these guys just have such a good time recording this each week and they're just so funny and genuinely awesome guys and i've had a great time getting to know brad over the last few weeks and really enjoyed sitting down and talking to him about his own faith in jesus and kind of similar to jake where he was working a corporate job and just felt like god was kind of calling him to do something different and so like jake he took a risk and left his corporate job to start his own woodworking business and so He owns Ellis Custom Creations, where he gets to do a lot of personal custom woodworking that uh, he really enjoys because he gets to build tables for families. And it's just kind of a, it's a passion that grew into what is now his business. And on top of that, he's a worship pastor at his church and he's just got a great story. And this conversation is full of humor and uh, just a lot of good life talk between him and I and really enjoyed getting to to do this with him. So I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation and stick around to the end because uh, we kind of reminisce on the last 10 years. Obviously, everybody kind of closes out a decade looking back at the last 10 years. And uh, it's always kind of funny to think about where you were at the start of the decade to where you're at at the end of it. And um, he and I both had some kind of funny stories to share about that. So I really hope you guys enjoy this. As always, the music that you're hearing is from our friend Ryan Allwart. He is so kind to let us use this music that he created specifically for this podcast. So make sure that you show him some love on social media and let him know that you're enjoying hearing his music every episode. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Brad Ellis. Well, Brad, welcome to the show. Your buddy Jake has already been on the show, so you kind of have a high bar to, to reach up to. Are you nervous? Right. Is this the first podcast you've been on? It's the first uh, podcast, yeah, right, besides my own that I've been on for sure. I I definitely feel like I have a high bar, but at the same time, I think it's understood that I'm on B team if I'm the second one to record. So, <laughs> you know, uh, as long as I can, you know, take my breakaways off in time and get onto the court, I think I'll be okay. Uh, I don't have too much expectations, but yeah, man, excited to be here and. Uh, yeah, Jake. Jake is much more eloquent in his speech than I am. I think I stumble over my words a little bit more, but um, yeah. Regardless, excited to be here. Happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you know, I, I'm just such a big fan of your guys' podcast, and it's been awesome to get to know you guys a little bit over the last month or so, just chatting yeah. with you guys about you know having Jake on my podcast and then just kind of chiming in on your guys' Instagram stuff. But yeah. Uh, what's it been like for you guys in this year? I mean, I, I talked to Jake about this too, but there's no way you could have imagined that your podcast would have taken off the way that it did. So now you're heading into 2020 and you guys have so much momentum and it's just like, it, it's such a relatable podcast. Like there's just so many hilarious bits that you guys do. And like I told Jake, it's really just, it's like me talking to my best friend. That's what it feels right. like. And I, and, I'm, yeah. and I assume that's like kind of what the vibe is that you guys want, but um, you know, what, what has this year been like from when you guys started this back last spring to where you are now? Yeah, it's been funny. I mean, obviously, like, yeah, you don't want to have too high of expectations because it's like, man, what if this thing, no one listens to it except for our parents? And that's not the end of the world. You know, it's because it literally was like it, it spurred from us 
sitting in McDonald's. We would be playing basketball every Thursday night, and we had tradition that we would go to McDonald's after after basketball, and we'd just sit and talk for like two hours. And Jake's like, "Dude, that was a pretty funny conversation. I think <laughs> I think people would want to hear us say that. Like, I think people want to hear us have that conversation. We should record it at McDonald's sometime." And we're like, that would be ridiculous. That's recording in McDonald's. So we didn't ever actually do it in McDonald's, uh, but we did, yeah, record some stuff and uh, yeah, just kind of skyrocketed from there. And it's been, it's been cool to see the growth um, that have come from it and everything. But yeah, overall, yeah, we just want to make sure that we're always staying true to who we are and just like, just talking, you know, for the most part, it's pretty similar to how we are in real life, I think, yeah. uh, with the exception of I don't really burst into song very often in real life. <laughs> I don't really yell at people very often in real like I sometimes in the podcast I'll just kind of randomly spontaneously scream out something and I don't really do that in real life very often so yeah. uh, I'm not the quietest person in the world but I don't think I do that but yeah o- overall it's just been a really fun ride uh, and it's been something I like I've never actually worked with Jake like intentionally on anything before like we've done like little interview videos and silly things like that whenever he was working with my wife they worked together at this nonprofit K Life Ministry. Um, but beyond that, yeah, hadn't really done anything like really intentionally with Jake before. And so it's been really fun just to get intentional time with him every week, too, because we are so close. So, um, yeah, we really enjoy it. Are you starting to get recognized more whenever you go out of town? <laughs> Definitely not like starting to by any means. But there was one <laughs> there, was, there was one instance I've been recognized once. And that was enough for me. Uh, it made my life pretty much. And of course, it was at Chick-fil-A, which is where I am like, you know, every other day at least. Uh, but I was there and this woman came up to me, hey, hey, Brad Ellis. And I looked at her and I also lead worship for a church here in town. And I don't know everybody at church. And so I was just like, hey, you know, like thinking it was probably just somebody from church. And instead she's like, yeah, you don't know me. I just know you from the podcast. I think you and Jake are hilarious. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> you recognize me. It's, it's also crazy that she recognized me because obviously a podcast is audio. So she must see some video that we do. But anyway, it. Yeah, definitely not getting recognized. <laughs> that, that would be awesome and ridiculous. But I also learned like, okay, once people become like famous enough to be recognized, it's kind of a cruel trick that people can play on you. Just pretend like they know you the whole time. Because right. then I'm like, do I act like I know this person? Do I, you know, like, hey, Susan, you know, like, you know, whatever. I don't know. So um, yeah, overall, it's just been a, a wild ride as far as that kind of thing goes too. But yeah, I got recognized by her. And then apparently some other girl talked to the Chick-fil-A manager and was like, Hey, doesn't that guy have a podcast? So I don't know if, I I don't know, but it was like within like 30 seconds of each other, these two different women recognized me apparently. But beyond that, no, no one ever recognizes me for any of that stuff. So it's so funny. You mentioned that, like I I was a teacher and I had a lot of students Uh and I, like most of the time I was pretty good about you know, within a few weeks, I would get to know my students' names. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I had a student last year, in my last year of teaching, like, she was so quiet, didn't really talk a whole lot, and, like, I never really had a problem with her. So, like, she wasn't always on the front of my mind. And sure. every every single time, I mean, from, like, up until, like, April, every time this girl would come up to me to ask to go use the restroom, I would be starting to write a pass, and I could never remember her name, like, <laughs> tr- truthfully. So typically, I would write the student's name on it, and then give it to them. I would just write restroom pass on the pass, because I could not remember this girl's name, and there's nothing worse than writing, like, the wrong person's name on a pass, and then being like, uh, Mr. Claiborne, uh, that's not my name. Yeah, my so, name's Rebecca, not Sarah. Yeah, totally. Not I, even I, close. I still could not tell you her name. I don't remember what it was. I had to right. go back and look at your book. Like, it's crazy. But I, I uh, worked at a, a Christian sports camp for many summers where my wife and I met. And we, uh, 
like we we had like seven to 11 year old kids. So it was okay if you forgot their name because you could do this trick where you're just like, now remind me how you spell your, how do you spell your name? You know, yeah. and like, that's I a pretty good trick, except for when the kid's like, uh, D-R-E-W, like, you know, like, oh, like oh, I thought it was like, you know, D-R-U-E or something, bro. You know, like, you know, something like, like, but seven-year-olds don't understand that you're an idiot and just forget the name. But yeah, I don't know, like high school kids then in your class? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, were, they, would, they would know if you're like, now how do you spell your name? And uh, I did that a couple of times. I'd be like, uh, how do you, remember, remember how you spell that? Because like, I did, did have some girls were like, I think I had five different Michaelas and they all spelled their name different. So I had to always That's ask, fair. like, yeah, I spell that. But like this girl, I truthfully was like, uh, restroom <laughs> pass. That's you. Sometimes I would just be like, uh, just, just go. You don't need to pass. Cause I was like, I don't need to remember her yeah, name. You're done. Well, yeah, she probably doesn't look at that pass anyway. She's rare. Yeah, to go. She's got to get out of there and, and, and do her thing. So that's funny. Yeah. Not definitely not. Uh, I, I try to remember names pretty well, but yeah, at times you just got to be like, hey, buddy, <laughs> you know, what's up, sport? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I try to like another another great, I don't know, hack, I guess, is like if you're with somebody else, you introduce them like, hey, this is my friend Isaac. And then, you know, Isaac will be like, hey, I'm Isaac. And they'll be like, hey, I'm Rebecca. And it's like, okay, Rebecca, that's her name, you know. <laughs> so so you kind of utilize your your talents around you, I guess, to, to kind of, uh, yeah, get that secret name in there. But it doesn't really work for a bathroom pass. I'm sorry. Are, are people at your church uh, starting to like talk about your podcast more? Because obviously you know, you're, you're a worship leader, and you right. know, are, are, is that kind of starting to become more of like you know you're up there, people are like, hey, I've listened to your podcast this week. And how do you? <laughs> what is what is the balance between being a worship leader and now also a uh, relatively right. popular podcast? <laughs> oh, oh, so popular, man. Um, yeah, I, it, the church itself is not huge. It's probably three or four hundred people on a Sunday, um, and it's pretty close knit community anyway. So I think people kind of know my personality and kind of know that I'm not like the most serious guy in the world, but obviously like worship, in my opinion, is a pretty serious thing. And so I'm not goofing around up there on stage, obviously, or anything like that. But uh, I, I do wonder, like people have mentioned like, hey, you heard your podcast or, oh man, that one thing you guys said was so funny. And I'm just like, yeah, are they now like, is worship for them, you know, potentially ruined at our church because they're imagining me, <laughs> you know, screaming to my mom, like, hey mom, you know, like something like that, you know, instead of, uh, <laughs> actually yeah whatever just I, I don't know i people have mentioned it for sure and i it's kind of embarrassing but then i'm like i guess that's i don't know that's who i am but it's just a funny funny balance of like i think that sometimes in my head i have like a high pedestal for myself at this church and then they listen to me on this podcast and they're like oh this guy's a goober you know not nearly as serious of a guy as we think he is so um yeah overall they they definitely see me as as a worship leader i think but yeah some of them are like you guys are ridiculous uh and everyone knows jake pretty well and everyone knows jake like and his personality um and so i think they understand like okay if you're doing this thing with jake you got to be a little bit more out there so right uh, anyway yeah that's funny yeah you mentioned your uh your yelling hi mom bit i don't know if you mean it to sound like this but it reminds me of the john clayton espn ad Whenever he's, I don't know, have you, have you seen this? Whenever he <laughs> yeah. like, he like, he's like doing the bit for ESPN. Then he rips right. off his like suit. He's like, hey mom. And he like asks for more food. And he's like, like, like unleashes his, his uh, right, right. ponytail. He's like jamming his death metal. That's what yes. I always think of whenever 
do that. <laughs> I love it. I've never heard that uh, comparison before, and I love it. That's that. That's better. I've heard a lot of people be like, "Oh, it's like Chris Farley or something," which is also a great, you know, comparison. I, I appreciate that one. But John Clayton is the goat, you know, when it comes to that. he was like the original uh, Adam Schefter back in the day. Yeah. Um, always breaking stuff, and so uh, that was a great like all, all time. This is Sports Center commercial. Like, I think. Hey so. Bob, I'm done with my segment, and he just sits there eating Asian food. <laughs> I love it. That's what I. That's what I always hear whenever you do that. So now, <laughs> now you're not going to be able to unhear that. Ex- exactly. Absolutely. I love that. That's awesome. Well, how did you and Jake become friends? Uh, you know, I know that he's kind of talked about it a little bit, but yeah. How did you guys become friends to uh, to where <coughs> you know you guys are at now? To where I mean, you're making a podcast. It seems like it's pretty natural. And you know, I don't know how long you guys have been friends, but you know, whenever right. you guys met, did you kind of know like right away that you guys kind of could hit it off? Yeah, it's funny. Like. Before I even ever met him, I heard about this Jake Triplett guy, and everyone kept saying like, "So we both worked at Canuck, and we both were the same job. We both had pro, we were the programs director, which basically means we just did, got to do all the fun stuff. We got to plan the parties, plan all the skits, and everything like that. And so everyone was like, like I worked at the camp called K Country, he worked at the camp called K West, and everyone's like, oh, he's the K West version of Brad Ellis. And I was like, oh, cool. Like this guy obviously is the, you know, such a great guy then, you know? And so, um, <laughs> but then I met him and he's like this little scrawny looking, like 15 year old looking kid. And I'm like, this guy's the, the, like, this guy's the same, like, this guy is not anything like me. He's this is Tom so, Cruise and I'm Jack Black. Exactly. <laughs> he's so, he's so like opposite of me, the way we look and the way, yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't think that this is that maybe maybe they're getting the wrong you know name confused here or something uh but we found out that jake was going to start working uh with my wife at K- in k-life which is like a can of cuck ministry as well uh like a year-round kind of young life-esque kind of thing and um and so i remember he came to interview and that was the first time i met him that's when we we hit it off pretty quickly because i gave him a ride home uh after this small group meeting kind of thing and we were both just goofing around like one of my favorite things to do um is drive around and roll down the window and like ask random strangers things that don't make any sense. And so no matter what they say, no matter what, what you say to them, it's just like garbage. (laughs) And so they have no way of responding well. And so like, I'll ask a question, but it won't even really make sense. I'll be like, Hey, how do you, how do you, how do you make the time? And they'll be, uh, what, (laughs) when when you have the time, where do you have it? And they'll, they'll be like, I'm sorry. I don't understand. We're just trying uh, the four or five, four or five town time. And, and they'll just be like, not knowing what to do. And without even saying anything to Jake, I just start doing this to people. And then Jake, of course, in the back seat, he rolls down his window, does the same thing to people. And so we're like, you know, jiving back and forth with this, like, boom, boom, boom. And these people are just like, I don't understand what's going, you know, just like super uncomfortable. And then we just drive away, you know. Uh, it's probably pretty mean to the people that are, you know, just innocent bystanders in Kansas City, just trying to be nice people, help out this out of town person trying to make directions but it's really fun to watch their reaction so that's how we originally kind of first got connected was through k-life and through that connection um and then whenever i stopped working for my corporate job because i was working you know i was doing this woodworking job on the side and then also working at corp this corporate job and so i was working like 18 19 hours a day like i was working nonstop. i'd get home from my corporate job and work until I couldn't anymore, basically, and fall asleep and do it all over again. And so I didn't really hang out with him when I was working this corporate job. But then I quit my corporate job to pursue woodworking full time. And through that, I my time just got opened up completely. Um, and and because of that, yeah, I was so much more flexible. Jake literally lived right next door to me because of this ministry job that we had. We both had these houses that were provided through us. 
uh, through this job. And so because of that, yeah, we just hung out all the time, you know, a ministry job is so relational. And so they have kids over all the time. They're playing basketball. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play basketball with these guys. They're playing video games. I'm like, yeah, I'll learn how to dominate you guys in super smash brothers with Kirby, you know, all this different stuff. And so we got into it, you know, we, we played all the time and then we just kind of developed a friendship from there. Jake's like, Hey, you, you're, you're pretty funny. Let's try this. You know, let's try these whose lines anyway, kind of skits at K life sometime. Like, okay, great. We do that. The people love it, you know? Um, and through that, we just became more and more close. Um, and, yeah, just kind of have stayed friends ever since. He moved to Dallas for about a year and we just stayed in touch. He visited quite a few different times and stayed with us. And um, he's he's definitely one of the more original, uh, just different people I've ever met, like in good and bad ways. I think he's just crazy. You know, sometimes yeah. it's like, what is he doing? Other times it's like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard of. So uh, he, he marches to his own drum. And I, I was really literally fun. just about to say that. Like I watched... Quite a few of his like videos that they put together when he and his friends went out and bought the limo and drove it right. across the country. I mean, like I, I just look at that and I'm like, there's no way I could have done any of that. Like, <laughs> right. they just like like they threw they threw a con like they threw a concert in Nashville within right. eight hours on top of the a limo. I just watched that the night and I was like, this is incredible. Like yeah. just the fact that like, hey, we got a hundred dollars and we're gonna throw this concert and oh, they went so hard. Yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah. Um, it was really fun to watch him. Yeah, go through that whole journey. I was actually, uh, he was at my house whenever he called his friend Ty and they first like kind of started talking about this idea for a trip. They're like, I think we just quit our jobs and we just go this summer and we just go for it, you know, and just figure out a huge epic road trip and we can do good things along the way. And I was like, dude, that sounds awesome. You should do it. <laughs> and I didn't think he was actually going to. I was like, that's that's pretty out there. And of course, if he gets his mind on something, he's going to do it. So yeah, he's definitely a more of a risk taker. He's, he's in the right life situation for it too, before he's married or kids or anything like that. So right. um, anyway, fun times. Yeah. Well, I, you mentioned this and I didn't want to talk to you about this too. I mean, I think leaving a corporate type of job where you've got, you know, a lot of foundation, you've got insurance, a steady schedule, right. all that kind of stuff to leave and go to do something that's kind of your passion, which was woodworking. Yeah, you know, that that's a that's a huge risk. And just walk me through kind of how you even got into woodworking and how you decided that pursuing that full time was what you wanted to do. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It kind of fell into my lap. Like I did not grow up a huge handyman guy. Like I'm I could not have told you what a two by four was back in the day. You know, like I no seriously. Like I knew what a hammer was, but I didn't know the difference between a hammer and a whatever. You know, anything else. Um, but yeah, after we got married got really into woodworking uh, because I had like 10 days before I started my corporate job um, that my wife was working and I was just sitting at home and I was so bored. So I just YouTubed, I, or no, I Googled manly hobbies. <laughs> and, and one of them that came up was woodworking. I was like, okay. So I YouTubed it and, you know, bought a few tools and just kind of went from there and built a coffee table for my wife. And, um, and eventually like, was like, maybe I could sell one of these, make some money to buy a new guitar and then I wouldn't have to like use our very little money that we have as newlyweds on a new guitar. And so I posted on Craigslist and got a sale. I made like 40 or $50 on this, you know, coffee table. And it was like the most money I felt like I ever made in my life. Like it was like, Oh my gosh, I got this money. You know, it was like the most exciting thing. Um, and yeah. And through that, I just kind of kept advertising and decided to make a company name LS custom creations, which is like, it, it, I didn't think about it for more than two seconds. I was just like, I don't know. I'll just put this on there uh, and just got busy ever since then. Uh, and yeah, just 
it, it was it was definitely a risk leaving my corporate job, but it wasn't as much of a risk, I think, as somebody that might do it later on in life. Like I was 23, 24, maybe when I left and my wife was working at this ministry job. And so we lived in this house that was provided through through that. Um, we didn't have very many expenses. We didn't have any kids. We have a daughter now. Um, we don't, we didn't have any kids or anything. And so I think if I were to be faced with that same situation today, it would have been a lot more of a difficult situ, you know, decision, but because of those circumstances and because of my wife being very, uh, very supportive of it. And she was like, go for it. I think we can do this. And if it fails, it's not like you're going to be on the streets. You have a college degree. We can find another job. So, um, I went for it and I just have been blessed ever since. It's been, it's been cool to see the way God's provided through it because there have been some months where it's like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to get any orders. Um, you know, I don't know. I might just run dry here. And if we run dry, then, you know, we're not making any money. <laughs> you know, like right. a corporate job, you can, you can slack off for a month and still get paid your salary. Like, which is kind of frustrating to me that that would happen to people. And then this job, it's like, if I work really hard, I get paid more money. If I don't work at all, I don't get paid, yeah. uh, which seems a lot more fair to me. <laughs> but right. um, anyway, just, yeah, just seeing the way God's provided through it all has been awesome. But um, yeah, the ultimate, the, the initial risk of it was definitely scary. Definitely something that we prayed through. It's a huge blessing to have a, a very supportive wife. <laughs> right. She was, she was all, all for it. She helped me stain stuff at the beginning. She helped me paint. Um, you know, she's, she's got more of the aesthetic mind. She's my Joanna Gaines to my, you know, chip. I'm, I'm more of the chip guy and she's more Joanna, uh, you know, the, the attractive, like, you know, person that everyone actually likes and right. chip, chip, just the goofball. That's like, who is this guy? Like, how did, how'd this guy end up with her? Um, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But yeah, she's helped me out a lot along the way. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really fun process and still going strong. So it's been good. How long did it take just like a typical table? Like whenever you first started learning how to do this, yeah, you know, like for me, like, I don't, I, I don't even know where to start if I was going to build a table. Like <laughs> right. I, I helped, I helped my father-in-law hang the mirror in our bathroom the other day. And <laughs> yeah. that was like, that was the biggest deal that I, like, I, I, I can't build anything. I, I think I built like the one thing that I did build for Emily, I was actually pretty proud of this. I built a mug rack and okay. I actually like, I didn't, I didn't stain it uh, or whatever, like, sand it. I, I didn't do it like properly how I should have. Like I painted uh -huh. it and the, the paint's not really great, but like I got a piece of plywood and like I got a bunch of hooks and yeah. I actually measured these out pretty perfectly. And it's like, right. been one, it's been one of my favorite gifts that I've ever given her. Yeah, uh, dude. But like, that's like probably the extent of anything that I've actually built. And yeah. that took me quite a long time. And all I, <laughs> I mean, I, I got, I went to Home Depot and I got like a, like a three by four two by three, I think sheet of plywood right. cut and then right. uh, bought all the hooks and painted it and mailed them on there. And awesome. that probably took me like five days just to do that. <laughs> you gotta be careful I mean, with it. Yeah. Yeah. But like for you, I mean, whenever you started building, like say a really nice table, uh -huh. you know, how long did it take you from the beginning, like at the beginning to where you're at now to where you can kind of put more out there? Cause I mean, obviously for you, the more orders you can do, the more money you can make. But at the first, right. you were kind of learning how, how, Work. Yeah, it's funny. The the beginning, it, it's I don't think it's really taken me much. Uh, it, it, it takes me a little bit less time now because I have tools and resources that I know what I'm doing a little bit better with. I've upgraded tools and that always helps with production times and everything. But I actually could probably turn them out quicker back in the day because I was making crappy tables. Like I was making tables out of wood that was cheap and easy to find. And it wasn't like I just... When, you, when you're ignorant to things, you don't know that you're doing them wrong. And so I was building these tables that are like probably 
broken now. Like they're like, you know, I was selling them for way less money, um, but I was doing it the wrong way. And the more you learn about woodworking or whatever process, fill in the blank, the more you realize like, okay, that's not the right way to do it. Or, oh, the moisture content's not good enough for that piece of wood, you know, whatever. So like now I know all these a hundred different steps that I need to take before I can finish it. Whereas back in the day, it was like, oh, that's close enough. I don't really know why it's doing that, but it'll be fine, I'm sure, you know, kind of thing. And so, yeah, yeah I think back in the day, I was definitely, obviously the first time you do anything, it's going to take you the longest. Like if you were to do that same coat rack thing or mug rack, whatever it was, um, yeah. so, rack, some kind of rack. Um, mug rack, yeah. Yeah, mug rack, baby. Uh, if you do a mug rack, you know, again, it's not going to take you nearly as long. And then obviously you do it more and more and more and it's quicker. So I can definitely do a table if I, you know, had to do it as quick as possible. I could do one in a day. Um, but the, you know, there's drying times and there's sanding times and all that stuff. And so it still takes quite a bit, probably three or four days total for the whole thing. But I'll try to, I'll try to kind of do an assembly line. Like hopefully I'll get three table orders at a time. So I can kind of do all step ones together, all of step yeah. two et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it just depends on the the table and the process and the wood. And, but yeah, back in the day, I didn't know any of that. Back in the day, I was using one type of wood and I could just stain it whatever color you wanted. And I could paint it whatever color you wanted. Now it's like, oh, I offer 10 different types of wood and I know the different characteristics of all of them and all that stuff. So it's been fun yeah. to learn all that stuff, but it's also like, yeah, kind of a burden. The more you know, the more like it's hard to just put your head in the sand and forget about all these other parts of the process. So it's been an interesting process of like learning, okay, now I need to charge more probably because I'm making a nicer piece, making it nicer product, making, you know, taking longer time. But then there's that, that, that difficulty of like, well, I'm trying to sell this stuff on Facebook and Facebook is kind of like the Walmart of social media. Like no one's out yeah. there like trying to spend thousands of dollars on a table from Facebook. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. maybe I need to make a website to legitimize everything. And um, so it's just been an interesting you know, guess and check kind of cat and mouse kind of game with marketing and stuff. Cause that's, that's what I really like is marketing. And that was my major in college. So um, it's anyway, it's been a fun, fun process to figure it all out though. And I know that you, you say this jokingly on your show, but I think there's probably an actual like element to this where, you know, you are building tables that families are going to grow around for right. years, you know, and I know that you yeah. kind of say that like whimsically, but like the truth yeah. is like, yeah, table, a dinner table is where families hopefully gather each night, you know, totally. um, Aside from just like the artistic element of it, you know, how much of that, like, you know, like you, you posted pictures where you're like, we love seeing families around our tables, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. You know, how much of that is part of what you do and how much of it makes it even more enjoyable? Oh, it's like 90% of what motivates me for sure. Like I'm a huge family guy. You know, I grew up, my family was very close. Yeah. Always had dinner around the dinner table every night. And so, yeah, just imagining pieces that take your house and turn it into a home is just what motivates me like you know table dining tables are obviously the most the thing i get most excited about but even coffee tables like you know we built that coffee table for when our first house when we were first married and we had game nights around it we you know we had movie nights around it we uh you know did all these different things um and so that's a huge motivation for me is uh, like I, that's why i like doing everything custom made to order because then i know the exact person that i'm making this for and i know exactly what they want what they're going to use this for and then I can take it and use or build it to exactly what they're looking for in order for them to enjoy it the most, but also for them to use it to the best functionality that they can. And so um, I, I love, yeah, I love getting to know the people that I build it for because it's just so exciting to, um, yeah, imagine like, oh man, they have three kids at home. 
you know, and they're, they're going to use this table every single night. They're going to grow closer around this table. They're going to laugh around this table. They're going to do homework and study and whatever around this table. And so anyway, it's just, that's a huge, yeah. Like the beyond, like the more I get to know woodworking, the more I love woodworking, but the initial passion was more on the, I can build a product that can help families grow closer. Uh, and now I also really enjoy the process of the woodworking, but uh, you know, if it's, if it's just a matter of like me churning out these tables, that's not very exciting to me, but if right. it's like, Oh, I met this person and their family is so awesome and they have the right mindset and they want to grow closer around this thing. They don't want to just put it in their dining room where they never use it kind of thing. Um, that's what really gets me motivated. Yeah. So, yeah. What's your ultimate vision for your company? You know, I mean, obviously I imagine it's just you mostly right, right now, but yeah. you know, what is, what is your long-term vision for Ellis Custom Creations? That's a funny question. And I always like laugh, not laugh at people that ask me, I, I've had that question, like, what do you expect to have in, in five years and all this stuff? And I'm just not a big like planner when it comes to that, because I have just learned in my limited adult life that God just changes your plans every time. Like I never, ever expected right. to do woodworking ever, you know, right. like thought maybe I'll do a ministry job or maybe I'd be a big businessman, like love sales and everything. Um, which is kind of funny because I'm doing both of those things now in a really random, weird Avenue way. But right. um, yeah, so I don't know what the future is. I think uh, I, I don't really love the idea of expanding to a bunch of employees and making it a huge business because one of the things I really like about this right now is that I work literally in my detached garage of my house. And so I can come in, see my wife, see my daughter all the time. I can help out with that. Um, you know, my wife has a doctor's appointment. I can stay home and spend time with my daughter. Um, so I don't necessarily see it to be like a huge factory, you know, or even like, you know, 15 employees would not love to do that. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the one kind of object I have towards expansion is hopefully, uh, kind of being the middleman for certain people. So like my friend Isaac, who we've talked about on the podcast quite a bit, we give him quite a bit of hard time, uh, but he makes dog kennels uh, that are like really aesthetically pleasing, beautiful dog kennels. Um, but he doesn't have ne nearly as many likes on Facebook, not as much credibility as I do. And so he was having a hard time selling those dog kennels. And so I was like, hey, let me sell those for you. Let me advertise those on my page and you can kind of build those through me and I can get a percentage of your sales. And so I've done that with a few different people that I have met and learned that they're good craftsmen and everything. And so that's kind of my expansion plan, I guess, in one way, one way right. or the other is rather than doing all the construction myself, having a network of people who don't have the same reach as I do, but that are looking for orders. And then I say, hey, I got you an order for this, uh, whatever it may be. I don't know, you know, cabinet. Can you Can you build it by, you know, January 31st, something like that. Yeah. And then I take a percentage of that because I'm, you know, I have more of an online presence or something. So that's my expansion plan. Beyond that, I don't have a huge vision for it. Um, it's just one of those things that I've learned. Yeah. The more I plan, the more it's just like, yeah, that's not going to happen like that, man. So just stop planning so much and just live life. Obviously I want to be strategic and be a good steward of everything that God's given me. But at the same time, I don't want to try to plan too much. Cause I'm, that's not my personality anyway. Yeah. I want, to, I want to be able to see like, oh, okay. Yeah, same with the podcast. Like, oh, this is kind of a fun thing. Maybe we should put more time into it and make it a little bit better kind of thing. Uh, yeah. or, or it's like, man, we were planning on this podcast being so big and then all of a sudden it's not at all, you know? So yeah, um, so yeah, that's the that's the long story long, I guess you could say. <laughs> I, 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 go back, I go back and forth between that mindset of, 
trying really hard not to plan something, but then also wanting to know exactly what my plan is. Like I went to school for journalism to be a sports reporter and that's what I did in college. And then my first job out of college, I was a sports writer. And then I did that for about a year and a half and hated it because I was living in a town where I didn't know anybody. And I was like, okay, I need to move back to my hometown. So I took a job at the newspaper in my hometown doing kind of more digital stuff and not necessarily covering sports. And then I did that for two years and I was like, you know what? I'm really tired of this now because like I started coaching tennis. And then on top of that, like the news industry is just really not a great place. If you're trying to eventually have a family and build yeah. a career and save money. And I was like, I need to do something different. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to school and get my teaching license. Became a teacher for three years. Okay. Yeah. And then like, and then now I'm living in Bowling Green. I'm not teaching anymore. We moved here mostly because my wife took a job down here, but like, you know, part of it was like for two years, I've been wanting to write a book. And so I was like, this is a great time for me. Like Emily's working and I, I work for her father-in-law. So I pretty much work from home for okay. the most part. And I'm like, you know what, now I have time and space to like write my book. So it's like, you know, Ooh. I'm 30 when I was 20, I never thought that when I was 30, that I would be right. doing what I'm doing. And so, right. you know, I think it's so true that like, we really don't know what, like the path that God's going to give us. And I think just being receptive to like, you know, what we feel like we're being called to do. Like, for instance, you know, I, uh, like I, I coached for five years. I've loved it. Yeah. And like, if I really wanted to, I probably could keep going back to Evansville, which is two hours away where I, where I lived uh-huh. and coaching for those two months. And then coming back down here, if I really wanted to do that, but I'm like, you know what? Like that was a great season of my life. And as much right. as I loved it, like it might be time to move on. And so like, <laughs> right. it's just like, it's just time to like, I, I don't know. I think it's cool to like, you know, we have, we're, when we're in the middle of something, like we just, we never really know like what God's going to do with that. And so, right. you know, it just, it struck me as you were talking about, like, you, you know, you really like the aspect of being able to like meet the families who are buying from you, you know, Absolutely. and I imagine, yeah. I imagine, I imagine most of the transactions you probably, it involves either them coming to get the table from you or you right. bringing it to them. So you get yeah. to have that face to face. And if you expand, yeah. you don't, you kind of lose that aspect. And so, right. That's why I was just curious, like, what, what do you plan on doing with that? Yeah. You know, it's like, if you expand too big, then, you know, you kind of get to where it's more of like a factory and you right. might lose in the passion of it. So you lose the personal aspect of it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's so true. So, yeah. So, okay. I heard you say, this is off topic completely. Yeah. You said, so you pronounced it bowling green. Is that yeah. right? Yes. Okay. So that's like such a, I've noticed. So I, I married a girl, she's from Texas. My wife's from Texas. And I've learned that people in the south which do you consider yourself from the south i don't know because you're yeah. indiana yeah. kentucky I'll, I'll, i don't know I'm from indiana. Okay. i'm from southern indiana which is like literally across the river from where i lived was kentucky so technically right. not the south but basically I, I say y'all so i pretty much okay south. okay yeah if you say y'all like without having somebody else influence you too much to say that i think that you're southern so i've learned that like southern people pronounce uh different things like they they put the emphasis on different things so you just said Bowling Green. I would have like ever since I've ever said that, I've always said Bowling Green. You hear the difference, like yeah. or like yeah. like the th- the the I, I say thanks, I say Thanksgiving. My wife says Thanksgiving. <laughs> or like I say Thanksgiving. Yeah. Do you? Okay, so you're yeah. you're 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 a mix. You're a mix. I also say I also say soda. I don't say pop. You do. Okay. Yeah. She says Coke, which is ridiculous. Well, I, I I I used to say that, and now I've gotten to where I say soda. You've seen the light. You say, yeah. If you say Coke, it's kind of like, and you're really wanting a Dr. Pepper, and someone brings you a Coke, you're like, oh, that's you not have, what I wanted. You like, cannot blame that person at all for that because it's, yeah, it's yeah. all your fault. 
Like, hey, yeah, I really want to go buy I a Toyota. Like, and I will oh, what kind of car you want? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yeah. Exactly. Just ridiculous. I will never say pop, though. I will, that's one thing that I can never <laughs> – I, I have a lot of linguistic uh, pet peeves. Yeah. Being an English, being an English teacher, right. uh, I have a lot of ling- – like, that's what I taught. I, ha- I had a lot of linguistic pet peeves. Um, for instance, I'm going to just put this out there for everybody. Okay. The word is toward. It is not towards with an S on it. <laughs> And Lord. also, okay. when people say, I could care less, I'm like, oh, no. oh, that, so that... <laughs> you can't, so you're telling me that you care still. There's still room for you to care less. So you, you do care. Right. I could care so less. Okay. If you say, if you're saying that you could care less, what you're meaning to say is, I couldn't care less. Right. So, right. yeah. I, but, but it's funny, like my grandmother, uh, she always say like, oh, why don't you, why don't you go over to Best Buy and buy something? I'm like, oh, you mean Best Buy? Like she'd say Best Buy instead of. <laughs> best buy. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. So yeah, totally. it's funny. Yeah, it's funny to put the emphasis on on different uh, different syllables. My wife is really uh, emphatic. I guess you could say that's a nice way of saying it. She she does not like it when people end sentences or questions with prepositions. Yes. So like, if you say where are you at, oh, she she loses it. It's like just just say where are you. Like you don't have to just don't, just just stop it right there, you know. And so uh, like she she gets so bothered. And so then I think my dad especially says, where are you at a lot? And so now my daughter Hattie has started saying, mama, where are you at? And it drives her crazy. Like, it's like, Oh, grandpa, grandpa's, you know, <laughs> taking it down the wrong path for, for old Hattie, you know, similarly, similarly, I get uh, kind of annoyed when people in sentences where they basically just trail off. So they'll say something like, yeah, like, I'm going to go to the game tonight. So Yes, I, I'm so guilty of that, to be honest. Like, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I guess I'm done. So, yeah, and I think my dad does it a lot, so I think that's where I get it from. But, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, and, not, it's uh, not my thing. One of my teacher friends tweeted something last night, and uh, I, re- I retweeted it because he was talking about, like, somebody's speech. or I think they were talking about something, uh, like one of the articles of impeachment or something, like some speech <laughs> that was going on. And, uh, and I tweeted something like – I forget, but I, I made fun of, like, how – all of my students used to end that they would come up and they would give this whole presentation and they would end their presentation with, and so, yeah. <laughs> and that was like, it was, it was like, uh, all right, like start uh, good job. But that, that so was anyways. Like, yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, I had a guy that I worked with uh, back in the day and I would come over and I would like say something to him at his cubicle. And before he would even reply, he would just go. So, so like they got, that was his response. And I was like, what are you saying? That's not even a word. Like you're it's not even not saying anything. Like, yeah. I, I've, I've always been annoyed by that. Like, yeah, I'm just going to go eat at the pizza hut. So, so, so <laughs> oh, man, I, bet, I bet you could listen back to this interview and hear that, hear me say something similar to that. On and I probably answer. say it too. And so I'm probably annoyed right. with myself. I just, the <laughs> fact that we as Americans, it's like, it's like, we're so, unconfident in what we're saying yeah. and it's the same way like when somebody is saying like that like whenever they start talking and it almost becomes like a question like oh, they just, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah. sound very like not confident in what they're saying and i've noticed that a lot with like public speaking is hard so i don't want to like fall sure. my teenage students because it is hard to get in front of your classmates and talk but it's just funny that like you hear adults do this too it's just like yeah and so that's about it <laughs> Like right. nobody, nobody knows how to finish anything. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I think it's one thing if you're just in normal conversation and you're like, oh, I guess I don't have anything else to say. 
But like, if it's a if it's a formal speech, it's a different different story. Like, you should have a little more prepared to end it off with. So, so oh, I just did it. See, that's what I'm saying, dude. I don't know. <laughs> so not. So I'm not, now I just I'm gonna say I don't know at the end. You know, like just at the end of everything, you know, you just say yeah. So I don't know. Just was, just yeah. like just invalidating it all. Like if you disagree with any of it, I am saying I didn't really know that much to begin with. There was some uh, YouTube video that went viral like a year or so ago, but it was like this weird guy that worked at Arby's and there was like a car that crashed into the Arby's and they interviewed this guy and he goes off into some crazy rant. <laughs> like it's almost like a, like somebody had written like a, like a script and this guy was like acting it out. Okay. But like he, he would say something really bizarre and then he would just look at the camera and be like, I don't know. Like that was like, hey, you, you, you know, like you got, go look at uh, like crazy Arby's guy after we're done talking and watch okay. this video because this guy like I, I can't even explain it. Some people listening have probably seen this and they probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But this like weirdo dude, like like this this news reporters get like, interviewing him about this car that drove through Arby's and he's yeah. like, and then it just came crashing in. Like Dave Matthews, crash into me, crash into me. <laughs> Have you seen the recent uh, one where that kid was talking about standing in line for free chicken? Have you seen that one? And it's like this kid up in like, I think it's like somewhere up Northeast. And it's like, like I saw the caption was like, oh, I could just see this kid, uh, you know, being a coal miner someday or something like that. Because he's just like this so matter of fact, he's like, what do you want me to say? It's chicken. I mean, <laughs> what do you mean? What am I excited about? I'm excited about eating the chicken. It's good chicken. But he's like 12 years old and he's like, just being so like sarcastic and matter of fact with this oh. reporter. I love local news stories like that. Oh, They're just too. so great. Yeah. Trey Kennedy on his podcast yesterday hit on something that really, really bothers me because I worked in journalism. And so I used to watch quite a bit of TV news uh -huh. and he was talking about like, he was like, why do TV news reporters talk like this? Where it's like, he's like a pack of wild wolves killed a kid <laughs> details tonight at six. Oh yeah. Like, I don't want the details. <laughs> it's like why do they do that though and it, like i just i i have a lot of friends that work in tv news and i try not to make fun of them too much because like my friends that I, that I have are actually pretty good but like there's some of them that just they just talk so hokey and yeah. they make it where it's like this guy was shot in the face details tonight at six it's like wait yeah, what it's, the cadence of it is always so ridiculous they're like yeah, I'm standing here at the block of 87th and Troost. And, you know, like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like they're, like, giving a car away or something at the end of it. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just, like, the the same tone and cadence the entire, like, since, like, the 60s. It's, like, the exact same. Like, switch it up. Everything else in the world is switching up. Why not switch up this this aspect as well? I totally understand what you're talking yeah. about. Well, my wife and I got to go to Kansas City the, uh, this past summer, and I actually – Oh, let's go. First time that I ever had been there, um, yeah, and, and we loved it. Um, okay, like, what'd you guys go for? So for, for for what did you guys go? Excuse me. We uh, she had a friend there um, that she wanted to visit, at, okay, and I was just like, hey, I I, I want to go see every major league baseball stadium, and so no. I'd never been to a game at Kaufman, and so I yeah. was like, hey, yeah, like we, I, Kansas City seems pretty cool. Yeah. I had a friend from college that lived there, and so. Uh, yeah, like they lived in Overland Park, and so we just mm -hmm. went and stayed with them. And then her dad actually was a—he uh, is still a tennis pro. I guess he like moved to take a job in Colorado, so he like works in Colorado during the week and then just flies back. So I don't know, but like, but like he's like this like accomplished tennis pro, and I got to like play tennis with him, which was cool. But oh, nice! Really, it was just like a—we went on three weekend trips this summer. We went to Chicago, Atlanta, and then Kansas City. Okay. And so we went to a game, we went to a White Sox game, we went to a Braves game, and then we went to a. Uh, Royals game, and then I'm I'm a Cardinals fan. So oh, get out of here. So 
Give me that. Did, get out of here with that garbage, Clayboard. But I did buy, I did buy a uh, one of those shirts that's like the Heart KC shirts. Oh yeah, those are great. And then I also bought a Royals hat because okay. I, I, I like to have a hat from wherever I go. And we, we went it. to the the Negro Leagues Museum, which was cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I love love Kansas City. I think we definitely want to go back. What are what are some of your favorite uh, like food? spots around kansas city sure. i know barbecue is obviously a big thing there but uh... yeah, yeah barbecue is king like everything else i think is probably pretty comparable to most other decent sized cities like yeah there's good pizza there's good mexican food but i think yeah barbecue is better in kansas city than anywhere else in my opinion um and so i don't remember what the name of the place we went to we went to some popular barbecue i have to look up my instagram we went to some okay. popular barbecue you but... either went to arthur bryant's jack stack Oklahoma Joe's, or it's called Joe's Kansas City now. Um, yeah, probably one of the Joe's is my favorite by far. Uh, it's kind of the, it's kind of the the trendy place. Well, not the trendy place, but the most popular place out of all of them. But it was, it was like Anthony Bourdain had a list of like twelve places to eat before you die, and like you know they're all over the world. And Oklahoma Joe's, or it's called Joe's Kansas City now, but it was originally Oklahoma Joe's, uh, was on that list along with like places that are four hundred dollars a plate. And you can go to this place for $10, you know, and get some great food. So that's my favorite place to eat in Kansas City. That's the place I'm most proud of. But I had some friends. Is there a place that has like like a hue in the name of the the, place? Yes, Q39. I think that's where we went. Q39 is also awesome. It's like, it's kind of blasphemous in my opinion, but a lot of people are saying it's the new best place in Kansas City. But it's better in Oklahoma Joe's. I'm like, hey, 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 let's let's calm down on that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, overall... It's all good, man. It's so good. Like I had some friends in town oh, before the NFL season started because it was for our fantasy football draft. And we just like did a crawl. We went to like three different uh, barbecue places. And it, I was like, there's so many more like that I could take you to. But we went to Joe's, which is kind of like a middle ground, like not a hole in the wall, but also not super nice. Then we went to Q39. And then we uh, went to this place called LC's, which is like you slip on the floor because it's so greasy, and like the the guy the guy's office quote unquote is just one of the tables to the side, like in the dining area, and they just yeah. like it's like the most like they got like bars on the windows, you know, and it's been shut down for health code violations and stuff. So that's one of those like yeah, really like iconic. So like, it's cool like maybe one step up from like an Asian buffet then, basically. It's it's sketchy. Yeah, it's very sketchy. You order and they literally turn around to the smoker that's like inside the restaurant and they open it up and they bring you out your slabs of meat and everything. It's awesome. It's kind of in the ghetto. Um, it's pretty close actually to Kaufman and Arrowhead. Uh, and But it's it's awesome. It's so good. What are some other must-dos uh, if you're in Kansas City? Like if we go again next summer or sometime soon, what are some things that like absolutely – People need to do that. Maybe you aren't like the yeah. tourist. Yeah, I was going to say the typical tourist. There's lots of like the Negro League Hall of Fame is awesome. It's so, and that's yeah. the thing is like it's not a touristy city. And so there's like typical things to do there that aren't, you know, no, no one really comes to Kansas City for a vacation unless you know somebody. That's true. Um, but yeah, the, the plaza is beautiful. It's this area of town that's like, you know, has Spanish architecture and stuff. It's just a great place to shop and eat. Uh, but one of the Actually, really the cool shoes things that I'm currently wearing, I bought at the J Crew in the Plaza. Oh heck yeah, dude! Let's go. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the Plaza is awesome. The one of the things I think is like pretty unique. It's actually very unique. Is the World War One Museum? Uh, for the longest time, Kansas City was the only city to have a World War One memorial out of any city in the United States. Uh, and so they have this big Liberty Memorial downtown, and uh, they ha- they now just built a. Uh, World War One museum beyond beneath it, and it's really really cool. Um, 
And so that's a, that's a pretty sweet place to stop by. Um, ultimately, though, I mean, it's definitely that yeah, Kaufman and Arrowhead are huge, awesome, awesome places, depending on what, what time of year you go. I think Kaufman, I've also been to a lot of different uh, baseball stadiums around the U.S. And I think Kaufman is one of my favorites as far as beauty goes. Um, it's got these fountains. Kansas City is a city of fountains. And so it's got all these fountains in the, yeah. the outfield and everything. But then Arrowhead is like the tailgate, you know, tailgaters paradise out there for, for the Chiefs game. And yeah. just huge, like people get there at six o'clock in the morning, you know, to tailgate. You know, we went we went to a game, a night game earlier this year, and we got there at like 1, 1 p.m., you know, for an eight o'clock game. And we just walked around, talked to people, sampled some barbecue from all these different people and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, overall, I think sports, it's a, it's a huge sports town. It's a just a very friendly town. There's all sorts of different art, art, you know, scenes that you can go to. There's cool different, uh, like, you know, refurbished or flea market kind of shops and everything. Um, but the ultimate thing I love about it is just that it's a big city with lots of resources, but it's a small enough city where you feel like, you know, people everywhere you go kind of thing. So um, it's, it's just a perfect size. I, I think it's, my wife is from outside of Dallas and Dallas is way too big for me. Right. Um, but then, you know, like I went to K-State, which is a smaller in, in Manhattan, which is a smaller town. That's a little too small for me kind of thing. So Kansas City is just right in that good middle ground as far as it has sports teams, but it's not, it's not impossible to get somewhere at five o'clock in the afternoon. So, yeah. Um, hey, let me, let me, uh, let me go get my computer charger real fast. I have 2% battery. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll be right back. I'm just looking at that. I'm like, Oh gosh. Oh, I'm sweaty now. Golly. Brad is back, baby. Man. Okay. We're good. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's funny. Whenever I was, uh, interviewing Jake, I was in another room and uh -huh. I looked and I didn't have my charger and I was on like 5%. And so I texted <laughs> my wife, Emily, and I was like, I need you to come in and plug this computer in for me while I continue this interview. And I was telling Jake that and he was like, oh, so maybe you want to give her a title, like uh, something of the week. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess, yeah, Emily must be, have to, has to be my babe of the week this week. Oh, so oh, always. Nice segue into uh, you guys do these great bits on your show and yeah. every week it's always hilarious where, uh, you know, whenever you do the babe of the week with you, right. it's always like, we know, we know what's going to come, <laughs> but this past week I think was an all time great moment on the podcast. <laughs> In fact, I'm just going to let it play episode 32 of ghost runners. Check it out. Babe of the week, uh, this week, as always, um, is just going to somebody really special mm -hmm. in my life. Uh, <clears throat> this this girl, you know, this week we've been doing a lot of fun things together. Uh, went and looked at Christmas lights together tonight. Oh, cool. Um, you know, she's always in the front seat next to me uh, when I'm doing fun things. Mm. Uh, and then I just had this realization, holy cow, turns out she's my wife. No way. Yes. Um, her name is Catherine Ellis. Uh, but even crazier babe of the week um, is the babe inside that bag? Oh! Let's go! Bring it back! We're having a baby! Catherine! Hey, Mom! You're gonna be a man! <laughs> yeah! Oh, man. I have been waiting for that moment for so long. The babe inside of the babe of the week. The babe inception! <laughs> Get my totem! Where's my totem? Oh! <laughs> oh broke this chair, I think, maybe. Worth it. 
Worth oh, it. Oh, boy. Brad, you're going to be a dad again. Let's go. On your feet over there. Guest room over there. I see you on your feet. Yes, I'm so excited. Yeah, we, yeah, we're pregnant. We're due. I always say we. It's always a funny thing, like a funny vernacular of like, I'm not pregnant. You fixed it on the pod. You're like, we're pregnant. Actually, Catherine's Actually, pregnant. Catherine's, it's like, it's like I did one thing and it wasn't even a burden for me to do it. Like, yeah, of course I'll do that. Like, of course. Yeah. You want to you try again tomorrow? Of course we'll do it again. You know, like whatever. So yeah, I, we are pregnant. She is pregnant, but I'm going to help uh, father the baby. Um, yeah, yeah we're excited, man. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a good time. Uh, yeah. We've been trying to get pregnant for a while actually. And so it was really exciting that uh, we have been, we are pregnant again. So Hattie is going to be a big sister. So it's going to be great. I, I've never heard Jake laugh that hard on the podcast. <laughs> babeception. Awesome. Yeah. Babeception. There's, there's babe in the babe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Catherine's always obviously my babe of the week. You know, you can't, you can't be like, Oh, Cindy Crawford, you know, whatever. Like, no, of course it's your wife. Don't be looking at the other women out there. Huh? And so, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. My babe of the week was you're teaching the young men that are listening the young men that Correct. are listening to the podcast, you're teaching them to only have eyes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. See, so, your podcast does have, have. Yeah, oh man, it does. It. Yeah. It's got, it's got, yeah, just value just oozing out of it for there sure. <laughs> well, I, I did. Uh, one of my favorite bits is the, is the poultry of the week, which is just things that annoy you. Uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't prompt you with anything yet, but what did, if you could think off the top of your head, what has been annoying you this week that, that would be considered yeah. some poultry of the week for you? I actually have one. I think I might use it in our podcast. So if, if people are double dipping, uh, who knows which one's going to be released first here. So we just recorded one for next week last night. Um, but it's actually a poultry within myself. Um, and so first of all, I'll explain poultry of the week. Poultry is like our beef of the week, like our, our issues. Like what, what do we have issues with? Uh, Jake is not able to, yeah consume meat, consume beef. And so we don't say we have beef with something. We say we have poultry. And so uh, my poultry of the week is actually within myself last night or actually this morning, I woke up at like 4.30 in the morning and just couldn't fall back asleep until, I don't know. I don't know what time I fell asleep, 5.30 or something like that. And I working for myself, I don't get up super early. So I woke up again at 7.30 and had the hardest time waking up, like did not want to get out of bed for the life of me. And it it was a poultry within myself of like, why is my body wanting to be awake at 4.30 to 5.30? But then once I fall asleep, why is it so difficult for me to be awake again? Um, so that's my poultry is just, I just can't understand why. Yeah, I'm supposed to be tired at 4.30. I'm not supposed to be as tired at 7.30, but yet it's so difficult to get out of bed once it's time to get up. Um, yeah, so I, I just, yeah, I can't, can't handle that. Um, and so actually I was supposed to get, I did get Chick-fil-A with Isaac. And Isaac texted me. He's like, dude, I'm actually uh, running late. And I text him back. Oh, thank goodness. Cause I'm struggling to get out of bed right now. I think I set my, <laughs> I hit my snooze button like five times, you know, I was just struggling, man. So anyway, it's a frustration of mine. Uh, I'm not a morning person by any means. And so, yeah, just, just wish I could be better at just waking up in the morning. So that's my poultry. It's my own, um, my own self and my circadian rhythm, I guess is yeah. uh, the old, the old CR. So old do you have CR. any poultry for us, Cole? Yeah, this is this is a uh, this is also a poultry slash irrationally strong opinion. Oh, irrationally strong opinion. Um, Love it. So, as a teacher, um, you know, I was encouraged a lot, especially here. Well, I say here, not I'm not in Indiana anymore, but in Indiana there was a uh, quite a big 
movement, like there are in other states, uh-huh. uh, for teachers to get better pay, which I fully support that. Sure. Um, but a lot of times when you get a lot of people that uh, they're really passionate about an idea, their methodology is, is to go protest. And I, I'm fine with protests. I'm a big First Amendment guy. But what I don't like and what I have an irrationally strong opinion is on is the rhyming protest chants. So the ones that are like <laughs> two, four, six, eight, and then something else that like rhymes. Yeah. So for instance, there was a, uh, <laughs> I saw a video from, I was somewhere back in, it was in my hometown. Some people were uh, protesting the Trump impeachment stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were just <clears throat> going back, they were going around in like a little, like ovular shape, like just holding signs and chanting rhyming chants. And I, I don't, I have never once had my opinion impacted by a, hearing a, a rhyming chant. That was yeah. like two, four, six, eight. Trump is the one we hate. You know, something like that. Like, oh man, yeah, yeah. I'm totally moved now. Oh, like, well, in so, that case. Yeah. So like, I would get these calls from like the Indiana State Teachers Association. They'd be like, hey, are you coming for the Red for Ed Alley? And I'm or, or Red, Red Red for Ed Rally. That's what it was. And I was like, look. I'm supportive, like, but no, I'm not going to go and yeah. stand outside of the state house and chant. Like, I just, that's not me. So that's been happening a lot. I've seen people that have been doing these rhyming chants and I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm annoyed by it and I don't think that it's effective. So, so, so what if they were like, Hey, are you coming to the red for Ed rally? Uh, we ha- we'll have DJ swizzle, uh, on the beach, oh, I, uh, oh. you know, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> and then you're like, Hey, you know, like you're going with them. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can rhyme to that. Like, right, yeah, like right. I'm getting, yeah, get a yeah. little, yeah, get a little like flavor in it rather than just yeah. like a bunch of sterile, like two, four, six, eight, totally. like yeah. something, you know, totally. like I'm with you. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I, like, oh, those guys are cool. They must know what they're talking about with this stuff. I'm, I'm going to vote for whatever they're, whatever they're doing. You're swaying it's me. Like, it's funny because it's the same way. Like, you know, I would go to a lot of the basketball games whenever I was a teacher. And I think one of the best parts about being a high school student is that you're close enough to the other student section at games that you can chant. And yeah. that's always fun. But it's like you usually do the chant like two or three times and then you're over it. Yeah. And yeah. so for me, it just seems so exhausting to go camp out at somewhere to protest all day and have to keep coming up with different chants that rhyme. Oh, man. And then it, you probably start repeating yourself 12 or 14 times. And at that sure. point, it's like, okay, like we're done here. So yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I very interesting that people do that. And it's always just like, a very elementary Dr. Seuss sounding rhyming change. And then it's like, do we really think this is going to impact policy? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Eventually it's like, I don't know if I believe in this that much anymore, guys. I'm kind of tired of this. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to head home. Uh, Let me know if you guys think of another chant and maybe we can can get back going again. Yeah. Just uh, text me. I'll come back and uh, we'll we'll start again. Yeah. I think we just created a new, uh, a couple new occupations. One of them being uh, chant creator. Another one being, uh, protest hype man. Uh, you know, you bring your, you bring your speaker, you got, you know, you got your microphone, you know, you're like, you're going with it. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think we got it. So, uh, I think I'm going to, next time I go, I'm just going to hand out business cards and be like, Hey, if you guys are tired of rhyming with two, four, six, eight again, call me up. I'm your guy. And we can go from there. I think we need to start trying to rhyme with like irrational numbers and like fractions <laughs> and stuff like that. Cause then I would be impressed, but uh, the, like, 
Somebody said, I, I, I tweet, tweeted that, and then a the guy that I used to work with, uh, who now works for the mayor's office in Evansville, where I'm from, he said, uh, 2468, Cole should change his podcast from in no hurry to running late. And I was like, <laughs> okay, thank you. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, that, that's my, that's my poultry slash irrationally strong opinion yes, of the week. I totally so, understand. I, I get uh, you. I also kind of have an irrational strong opinion about New Year's resolutions, which you and I were talking about before. Before, uh-huh. uh, we started recording, but you know, it's almost New Year's. Everybody is not only are they going to be coming up with a New Year's resolution, but a lot of people are going to want you to know what their New Year's resolution is. And right. you want to talk about how, like, the Spotify Wrapped playlist <laughs> thing is like something that's like super interesting to you, but not everybody yeah. else. I yeah. kind of feel like New Year's resolutions are in that same vein. Like, right. great for you if you want to have that, but nobody really cares. So <laughs> I also have found, like, for me, it's more effective to create. New Year's goals rather mm. than resolutions. Okay. So I don't know. What what is your take on New Year's resolutions? Yeah, I feel like yeah, I totally understand. I'm a goal. I'm a goal guy for sure. I I do enjoy goals. Uh, but yeah, if you don't have any kind of plan, you're just like, oh, I'm gonna be more social this year, or I'm gonna lose this amount of weight. You know, like basically what happens is a month into it, you're just bargaining with yourself. You're like, well, you know, I said I was gonna lose a lot of weight, and so that meant I was gonna go to the gym more, but. I'm not really doing that, but I am, I am helping out a lot at church. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Like you're just like bargaining with yourself. Like I'm not doing this thing, but I'm doing something else better. So therefore it's okay. Like I'll put out a few more pounds, but you know, overall it's all right because yeah, I, I, I'm on the food pantry committee now, so it's all right. You know? Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really, yeah, I don't know why people are yeah having these grandiose, uh, you know, resolutions without having any kind of game plan behind it. Um, Cause that's just, that's just destined to fail. Yeah. I think you have to have a quantifiable idea of what you're going to do. Like I'm totally all like, I'm all for the new year and like everybody wanting to kind of reset and restart and do better in the next year. But it does become insufferable whenever it's like, everybody wants you to know, like, here's what I'm doing in the new year. And I I want you to, to tell me how great my idea is. You know, like, (laughs) I don't know. Like I, I I never have been a big resolutions guy. Last year I like wrote out goals that I wanted. And Uh I was like, this seems more like, attainable yeah, so right if that works for you that's great if new year's resolutions work for you that's great too but i don't know i just it, have never really been yeah. a resolutions guy especially when you're posting them to everybody else because then it feels like oh that's your win like hey i posted i'm gonna lose 50 pounds this year uh so therefore like oh good for you brad it's like i haven't done anything yet i just i typed this out while sitting on my couch like i haven't done <laughs> anything yet like you know uh so yeah to me i i, I am interested sometimes to see people succeed in their goals. Like if you're, if you have a success story, like post it on social media and I'm excited to hear how you did that, you know, but if you're just like, Hey, I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year. It's like, okay, prove it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to see that aspect of your, of your journey, I guess, as much as I want to see the success story. I don't want to see your success story. And then you, uh, you know, bait and switch me into, uh, buying your NutriShare product though. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't be like, I lost 50 pounds. Never knew I could feel so good. Uh, message me if you want to figure out how I did it. And I'm like, oh, come on. Come on, Heidi. Don't tell me that. You're doing so well. Yeah. So, yeah, don't don't love that. But uh, overall, I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. I, I keep forgetting that, like, not only are we about to start a new year, but we're about to start a new decade. Like, I keep, like, I don't know why that's, like, a big, like, like, wow, this is, like, a big, like, chapter yeah. of my life. Like, man, like. <laughs> The, the 2010s are about to be over. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I think back, you know, I was in college in 2010 and now I'm 
30 and I don't know. I feel like I had, I feel like I have grown a lot. Um, sure. This is, this is one question that I do like to ask pretty much every guest that I have on, but like we'll, we'll use just this past decade. as kind of like a, a benchmark, but like yeah. uh, think about uh, back to where you were um, in 2010, the kind of person that you were to where you're at now. I mean, what have you learned about God and about yourself from that period you know, as we enter this new decade, you know, obviously we'd like to think that over the course of 10 years, we've grown a lot. Um, but what have you learned about God and about yourself in this last decade? Uh, I've learned that I think the 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 big word is just his sovereignty, his his power is like he is the one that is sovereign in every situation. You know, um, I haven't had anything crazy extreme happen to me over the last 10 years by any means. But um, I, I think just so, yeah, 2010, I was in college. I, I graduated high school in 09. 2010, I was in college and didn't know what I was going to do in the summertime. You know, eventually worked at Canada Camps, which is a long story, and to see how God orchestrated that to happen. Uh, I originally got, uh, set, they, they basically said, no, we're not going to hire you. Like, I got denied from there and then was going to plan on doing something else. Missed the deadline there. And because of that deadline that I missed, I ended up getting rehired at Canada and found my wife through that, found all this new chapter of life through that um but yeah ultimately just seeing like yeah kind of like what we talked about earlier we can plan all we want uh but ultimately it's god and his his plan for us that's going to win out in the end um and so just seeing that seeing recognizing that you know as long as we try to be good stewards of what god is giving us uh and just trusting that that's going to work out uh it's going to work out eventually it's not going to necessarily work out right away like you know, great example, this pregnancy that we have, like we've been trying to get pregnant for, I don't know how long, a while, you know, and it was really discouraging for my wife and I, especially her, she was really struggling, but it was one of those things where it's like, Hey, God has this plan, you know, and it's, it's cliche, I guess to say, you know, God's, God's plan, you know, whatever, Drake, uh, yeah. <laughs> God's plan, Drake, Michael Scott, right. Alice. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, you know, God has this plan for our lives and, we can try to orchestrate it however we want. We can try to plan it. I'm definitely more of the type A one in our family, even though I say I don't plan things out very well in advance. Uh, but I'm more of the one that wants to have control over things. And ultimately, I just recognize, hey, it doesn't matter what we try to plan. God's sovereignty is going to win out in the end. And so the more we can trust that and the more we can just try to love him and pursue him every day, the more we can then, uh, you know, just accept and flourish in his love rather than try to make everything happen for ourselves, try to attribute all our success to our own talents, you know, that kind of thing. So um, that's, that's the, that's the big, you know, macro learning of what I've kind of seen happen in my life. Cause yeah, I, 2010, I wasn't leading worship yet. I, I played guitar, but I didn't, didn't know how to really sing. <laughs> and so you yeah. can't really lead worship very well without singing. Uh, so I didn't really know how to, yeah. yeah, I didn't really know how to sing. Uh, didn't know how to even touch a circular saw, you know, let alone cut wood with it. Um, you know, yeah, didn't know my wife, you know, hadn't really been to Texas ever in my life, you know, basically. And all these different things are just crazy uh, to see, like, looking back on how many of those little things had to go the way they did in order for that big thing, like in order for my marriage to happen, in order for this worship leading job to happen, in order for woodworking to happen. So, um that's yeah. That's my that's my answer. So yeah. So yeah. There we go. Uh, <laughs> and that that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um. What What about like just thinking about parenthood? You know, you're you've yeah. got a, a beautiful young daughter, and right. 
another I don't know if it's a boy, we don't know if it's a boy or girl, but another yeah. another, another babe on the way. Right, uh, another babe. But what have you what have you learned about God just through marriage and parenthood as well? Because that's a whole different yeah. dynamic that you right. didn't understand whenever you're a single guy. You know, you got right, right, right. marriage now and two another kid on the way. Yeah, I mean, talk about sovereignty is like yeah, you can you can try to micromanage that child however you want, but ultimately it's like, man, you got to give that up and just trust the Lord to continue to work through her. And that's a scary, scary thing. Cause it's like, man, I want to tell you everything to do in life, and you just aren't gonna listen to me all the time. And so it's just a matter of like, I you know, I've seen I've seen families whose parents are obviously the same, and one child is great and one child struggles. And it's like, I don't think that's the parenting. I think that's just you know, the way that things shake out. And, uh, and so that's just a struggle for me to just be like, man, like I'm going to, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be a good steward of this, but ultimately it's, it's God's, God's decision and, you know, God's, God's, God's working in their lives, whether or not this is going to happen or not. So, uh, I've learned that I've seen, it's, it's a great illustration. Parenting is an awesome illustration, obviously of God's love for us because God as our father, uh, you know, cares for us so deeply. Obviously I would do anything for my daughter. And sometimes it's like, I know so much better than you and you are not listening to me. You know, like yeah. uh, she can have a stomach bug and you know, anything she eats, she's going to throw up, but she has no idea that you, that she can't eat that. Like, right. like, trust me. Like if you eat that, you're going to get sick. Like just, just trust me. And yeah. all she wants to do is eat that. Or, you know, all she wants to do is touch, you know, whatever that electrical outlet or something. And it's just like, just trust me. I know what I'm doing here and I love you. And I'm not trying to just restrict you for restriction's sake. Uh, you know, but she gets frustrated with that. And I'm like, how much more of an idiot am I, you know, in, you know, not listening to God and him being like, just trust me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it my own way kind of thing. You yeah, know? That's, so, that is true. Yeah. I've, I've heard that analogy spoken several times and that it yeah. is, that's, a, that's a really good way to put it. Cause it's, you know, as us as humans, you know, just thinking about like, what we want to do with our life, whether that's professionally right. or anything, you know, we think we have an idea of where we want to go. Like, I think I talked to Jake about this, actually. I thought whenever I was in, when I lived in Owensboro, Kentucky, that I, I had two different interviews with the newspaper in Louisville. And I was like, so set on that was going to be my next move. Like, I thought I was going to get the job. Yeah. Neither time did I ever get the actual offer. And so yeah. I was like, well, like, I had this all in my head, like I was going to move here. And then it's like, no, God's like, hey, I want you to be in Evansville because what happened was I ended up coaching tennis, which then led me into teaching, which I feel like was a great opportunity for me to, to make an impact on people's lives. So, oh, yeah, you know, it's yeah. just cool. Like, like, you know, like you don't, we, we really don't know like what is best for us sometimes, which is, and there's which like is this, good and bad. I mean, it's awesome, but it's also hard to, it's hard to wrap our head around. Right. There's like this amazing, I don't even know the psychology behind the phenomenon, whatever you want to call it. Um, but like, I imagine, and like, I'm, I think this is like how everyone thinks, but like, you imagine yourself, let's even say like six months ago or like a year ago uh, in, in your marriage, like, cause you said you're, you're coming up on this or you just had your wedding anniversary two years. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, you celebrated your one year anniversary. And at that point you probably thought, I know so much more than I did a year ago, but now you think about that. You think about that now and you're like, man, I knew nothing back then, yeah. you know, but then, but then like, your yourself in your mind now thinks I'm so smart now. I'm such a, I'm, I know exactly what I'm doing. Like, like we think about even like the podcast, like we've been doing that for seven months or whatever now. 
uh, and you know, oh, back when we started, we knew nothing. We're so smart with this now. And I guarantee you in a month, I'm going to look back and be like, oh, that guy was an idiot, you know, yeah. but, but, <laughs> but in the present, you're always thinking that you're smart. Right. And you always look back on it and you're like, I, I had no idea what I was thinking. I had no idea that I didn't want to do, or that I wasn't going to do journalism or like, I thought that that was totally the the step yeah. for me. And in reality, yeah, there's nothing, nothing that you totally know. And it's just, so it's just like, just surrender it. Just be humble about like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, but I just want to be consistent in my personality and in my attributes of pursuing the Lord through all this, yeah. uh, regardless of, you know, what it may, may look like in the present time. Cause yeah, we're just like, I think about, yeah. Think about yourself in high school. You're like, Oh, that guy was an idiot, you yeah. know, but like, but like in high school, I had, you're like, I had, oh, highlighted, man, I, remember... I had highlighted bangs in high school. So I was for sure. Oh, you were for sure that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. You were, you were bumping Jesse McCartney. And okay. Carter. True story. I actually, this is, this is embarrassing. I, okay. I'm just going to tell the story anyway. Everybody yeah. that I, like, so many people in my life know this, but I'm absolutely <laughs> dead serious about this. Senior year of high school, I was like, you know what? I want to do something different with my my look. I'm going to try to change it up. Yeah, always a good I, idea. I, oh my God. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I, I printed off a picture of Jesse McCartney and I oh. took it to the hairstylist and I said, this is what I want my hair to look like. Yes. And yes. to her credit, she did exactly that. It looks, it looked exactly like it. And now I look back and I'm like, what was I doing? Oh man. And my stepmom to this day still was like, you know, I actually really liked your hair like that. I'm like, no, don't tell me that, please. So whenever, uh, like, give me the McCartney. When I was the, I was also the yearbook teacher when I was a high school teacher. And so okay. what happened is a lot of times high schools will share yearbooks with each other. Uh-huh. And so in this classroom was a bunch of old yearbooks from other high schools. And <laughs> we happened to find Mr. Claiborne's senior year high school. And so everybody's like, oh my goodness. Cause I was wearing like a, like a Hollister shirt. Yes. Then, then like a, like two undershirts. It was like a, a navy blue and then like a white undershirt. And then I had a puka oh, shell oh. necklace. Oh yes. Anybody, if, if anybody trifecta. wants to see that picture, leave a five-star review. Tell me you want to see that picture. <laughs> That's <laughs> but right, no, baby. But I, plug it. It, oh, man. It was horrible. Like, I had shaggy hair. So, yeah. Just Amazing. talk about not knowing what you want. Think of <laughs> at one point and then not knowing. That was me. High school. Oh, yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. And, and in high school, you're like, that. I am so cool now. I remember myself in eighth grade. I was such an idiot. And like in high school, you're like, yeah, I'm so cool. And then you look back, you're like, what was that dingus thinking? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, totally. Oh man, yeah. I I look back and it's just like, what? That that's a that was a weird year in my life. I love it, Because then, like, even after I stopped highlighting my hair, it took several months for it to like grow out. And so, like, I I went into college with hair looking like this for a while, and I was just like, oh, that's rough. Horrible way to make first impression. Like, I thought it's like, man, like I'm gonna. I meet so many people. I'm going to make friends. People are probably like, who the heck is this Aaron, Aaron Carter looking dude over here? Right. Yeah, Aaron's party over here. Come on. Oh, man. I Yeah, I, I had a youth pastor back in the day be like, dude, you should get frosted tips. And I luckily did not. And I wonder if he was messing with me or not. Like, I wonder if he was – he's like, no, you look awesome with them. And I did not, luckily. But, I, yeah, I wonder if he's, like, really thinking I should get them or is like, hey, let's see if we can get Brad to get frosted tips here. But that should be like a fantasy football uh, consequence or something like, oh, hey, you have to go in. You can choose one of these five, uh, you know, boy band uh, singers, but you have to get one of their haircuts. You know, you can get the Justin Timberlake perm. You can get the, uh, you know, Jesse McCartney, uh, Aaron Carter, whatever it is. The Cole Claiborne look. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 You, was, you can go for the senior Claiborne. 
I remember being being very uh, very upset because they did those uh, like senior superlatives for the yearbook, and and I remember being very upset that I finished second <laughs> in the best hair voting for the boy, and I was like legit like why did I not win this? My hair's better, and I look back and I'm just like I was such a tool. Like man, that was the dumbest. That was one of the dumbest uh, times of my life. And then I was. Also, like I played tennis, so not only did it look bad, but it was also like kind of annoying to have really oh, sure. long hair. Yeah. So like I didn't have to just wear a hat, but then like my hair was long on the side, so I had to like I don't know, I had like a kind of a mullet. I like, guess it, it was bad. Like, did you go like the Rafa Nadal like uh you know headband kind of thing, or I, did you? I, I did wear them sometimes, yeah, yeah. but I still like I didn't I didn't like my hair flopping around whenever I ran. So like even like even now whenever I play, even if my hair is short like this, I just always wear a hat. Whether I'm playing yeah. outdoors or indoors, like I just wear a hat because right, I don't like right. I don't like my hair moving around. So yeah, I look back. Yeah, I, I, I have some I have some pictures of me hitting tennis balls and like my hair like it like you know, like like, uh, like jumping up and down like the like yeah. the hair just like goes up like an afro like it's crazy. Kind of so. like like it like you go to a science museum and your hair flies out after you yes. touch one of those balls. Like that was like you. Yeah, swing yeah. the racket. That's great. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, so man, <laughs> it, that's good trip down memory lane right there. Yeah, yeah, you got to post that. You got to you got to make that the new uh, cover of the podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> I might do that just uh, just for just for kicks and giggles. And I yeah. took like my whole like my whole senior like senior. Did, did, I don't know. This is a big thing where I was from. Like seniors get like professional photos made, like senior pictures or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For and, sure. Like mine were like me and like all of my Hollister clothes. I think I even have like an American Eagle sweater vest. I think I actually Love had it. too. The sweater oh, vests like, were big. I had a sweater vest in my senior pick too. Oh, Argyle. It was Argyle. I had some Argyle sweaters. I didn't have sweater yeah. vests. I had a, it was just like a navy blue, like I think it had like subtle gray stripes. But like <laughs> I look back and I'm just like, man, and not only that, but I also worked at Hollister. Uh, like, oh, yeah. like during my freshman year of college, there like the winter break, uh, I worked at Hollister and like technically my my job title was model so i can <laughs> always put up i was a facebook all right uh not facebook i go i was a hollister uh hollister model that was that's my awesome. job and I one of the most frustrating parts about that job too was uh like when people would come up to order like to, to buy cologne i couldn't just say hey do you want to buy this cologne i had to say would you like to try California in a bottle? That was like my, <laughs> and so like I, I told my my family about oh, this. Thing. Boy. That was over Christmas break, and they just made fun of me like crazy that Christmas I break. I love so, it. California so, in a bottle yeah. is is a yeah. That I mean that it takes them it gives them experience. It's not just a cologne. It's California in a bottle. So you want to talk about like how far I've come over the last decade? That was like that was like 2008, 2009 <laughs> area at that, that time. Oh, so man. like from there to now, like my goodness. Wow. That's great. I watched the show Superstore. I don't know if you ever watched that, but there's like a, they were talking about like, oh, I could, they, they were talking about their resumes or something. I was like, yeah, what are we going to talk about the time uh, you were a shirtless model at uh, Abercrombie or something? And the, the guy goes, oh, I did that one time, except uh, it was for a guy at his house. And he was my wrestling coach or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> something, something funny, like, yeah. But I'm just imagining, yeah, obviously I'm sure you weren't shirtless, but I would have loved it. Yeah. I was not shirtless, thank you. You're shirtless with your Jesse McCartney bangs and you're like, you want to try California in a bottle, baby? <laughs> I wish that I I wish I would have had the torso and abs to have been <laughs> shirtless at Hollister, but that's great, man. I was like 140 pounds, probably, <laughs> like just like scrawny little dude at that time. Love so 
Whoa. I had not put on the freshman 15 yet. So I was still <laughs> just like scrawny little kid, like with bangs, like, oh gosh. Love it, dude. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love it. All right, Brad, do you want to, do you want to hit us with a jingle to end this episode? Oh, oh baby. I this on you. Yeah. If you All haven't, right. if you haven't listened to Ghost Runners yet, Brad always ends the episode with a jingle. It, it's uh, always, it's Maybe, always uh, so bad. Actually, it's always great. No, so I'll, uh, I'll let you think of the tune. I'll give you. Well, okay, a it's, it's New Year's, so let's do all all blank sign. Okay, um, that's what and, I was hoping. Okay, okay perfect. Uh, and so, so it's in no hurry, Cole Claiborne. You know, I use like the same like two lyrics the entire every yeah. jingle basically. It's just Jake and Brad <laughs> Ghost Runners on Monday. So when when what what day is the podcast usually Monday. released? Also also on Monday. Also on Monday. So. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, the in no hurry podcast with clay and brad this monday you I'm gonna stop live- you real quick because you oh. said clay and that is also a big pet oh. peeve everybody oh. we do it <laughs> hey keep it rolling ah, he's got to do another jingle hey mom i screwed up his name i told oh. i told jake that i was like my name always gets messed up so I'm badly he's like ow <laughs> now i can tell him Brad messed up my name. Oh, yeah. I'm All sorry. right. Take two. All things okay. nine. Take two. <laughs> two, four, six, eight. Let's do all length sign today. Uh, the In No Hurry podcast with Cole and Brad comes out Monday. And we just want you to listen up to what we have to say. Hey. He liked tennis and looking like Jesse McCartney. And if you listen, maybe just we'll make a brighter day. <laughs> yes. Yes. We did it. Go. We did it. Hey, Bob. I'm finished with my segment. <laughs> Your wife's going to come in and be like, what, what's going on, sweetheart? Thankfully, she's uh, at work right now. So, yeah. <laughs> My cat like, is rush like, like, <laughs> Did you do your charger again? Uh, yeah, that's great, yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, Brad Ellis. Ellis Custom Creations. Yes, Thank you for joining us. I always want to say, whenever you whenever you say that, it always reminds you of Bob Vance Ranch Refrigeration. Like you just, I love it. Yeah. Brad Ellis, Ellis Custom Creations. <laughs> I just, just we, we watched just it. it. We watched the Christmas episode the other night where he entered, like he gets introduced yeah. to Stanley, Kevin, and Ryan. And every time he's like, Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. <laughs> and at the end, Ryan just goes, what line of work you in, Bob? <laughs> I and love that. That is one of my all-time favorite office scenes right me there. Me too. So, all-time episode for me, for sure. I just did it. I, I did my scenes with so. God, see, I'm already annoying. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right. Well, I that was that's how you, need end, you need to end this podcast by saying that. Don't say anything <laughs> afterwards. So, yeah. All right. Well, Brad Ellis, thank you for joining us. And uh, we will talk to you soon. And so, yeah. Oh, man. He's awesome. And he is just so funny. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. He really does some great work with his woodworking company. So if you're in the market at all for a cutting board or a table or anything like that, make sure you check out his website, elliscustomcreations.com. I'll have a link to his website in the show description and on my blog. So make sure that you check that out. Also, give him a follow on social media, Ellis Custom Creations. 
and Ghost Runners podcast. Make sure that you tell him that you enjoyed hearing him on this podcast. Also, another way that you can tell him, give us a five-star review. Make sure you mention that you liked Brad being on this episode. If you guys need me at all, you know where to find me. Cole Claiborne on pretty much any social media platform. We'd love to connect with you guys. I hope you guys all have a very safe and enjoyable new year. And we will come back next week with the first episode of 2020 with a good friend of mine named Clay Hassler, who is a filmmaker living in Nashville. He and his family have been close friends of me and my family for a long, long time. So I'm excited to share that conversation with you guys. It was great to catch up with him and hear about some of the projects that he's working on. But in the meantime, have a happy new year and we will see you next week.